Jesus, you're great, you're glorious, you're magnificent. Oh God, we honor you today. From various locations, many places, God, we honor you. We sing hallelujah to your name. The only name worthy to be praised. God, you are so great. Father, I thank you this morning that we can gather here and sing that name, Jesus. We can sing hallelujah. We can worship that name freely in this country this morning. We can worship with tools that we have at our disposal this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that in this time you provided what we needed to be able to continue assembling in this way, to be able to continue worshiping you. Lord, you're so great. You're so worthy of our worship. And so this morning we praise you because of your worthiness, Lord. You're so great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. As I say every week, we are going to continue in our worship by giving. And this morning, um, I want to preach kind of out of two scriptures as we prepare our offering. And um, you know, I, I don't have ushers in your home today to pass envelopes to you. Um, but what I will say is that if you go to our website, we have a giving page. You can just click. It says giving or online giving maybe. If you click on that, it'll direct you to another button that says give. And, and if you click on that, it'll take you to our Tithely website where you can, you can tithe, you can give offerings, you can give special gifts to missions. All of that's available on Tithely. If you are not comfortable or, or, or not ready to give online in that way, um, then we'd encourage you to continue giving anyways. We'll look at these scriptures today to talk a little more about this, but you're more than welcome to, to mail in your tithe, your offering. You're, you're more than welcome to come and drop it by. Our church office is still open throughout the week at normal hours, and so um, we still have ways to give, even in this time of social distancing. And I want to read these two scriptures to you this morning as we talk about kind of changes in the way that we are, are doing church today. You know, we're making these adjustments, we're making these little changes um, to still be effective and still have church. Well, Deuteronomy 14.22 gives us some insight to the, the way that people were used to giving. See in Deuteronomy 14, 22, it's talking about the tithe and what it says is, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. All right, so we, we, we get that scripture. We see what it says, tithe um, off of your grain that you bring in. Well, then we go over to Mark 12, verse 40. This is the New Testament. And in Mark 12, 40, this is the story of the woman with two mites. It says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury. Notice, he was at the treasury and not at the grain elevator. Okay, it says he sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which made uh, quadrants. So he came and his disciples to himself. He said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Now there's a, a few things I, I want us to see in, in this passage of scripture and in Deuteronomy 14 this morning. The first thing that stands out to me as I contrast these two different verses is in Deuteronomy, the way that you gave was by filling up the cart, hooking it up to the donkey and bringing your grain in to the, the storehouse, into the, the tabernacle, okay? Well, 
They didn't do that in Mark 12. When Jesus was there and people were giving, and, and he even says that the woman had given much more. Well, they weren't giving grain. They weren't sacrificing you know, livestock. They were giving financially. And what I want to point out in that is that the way they gave changed over time. It adjusted to, well, the way that society worked. No more did people barter so much with animals and grains and different goods. They started using money. Well, you know, today we're, we're in a position where for some of us, it may be difficult or, or a lot of extra work, especially for the people that live out of town, to make a trip to drive in here and, and give physically, you know, bring money or bring grain in. You know, I wouldn't be able to do a whole lot if somebody came and dropped off a big cart of grain here. I, don't, I wouldn't even have the tractor to pull it to the elevator. You know, like we're, we adjust based on how giving works in, in our present society. And we live in a digital time. I mean, I can speak for myself and I know this is different for different people, but I probably do 90% of my financial transactions online. And so as I think about giving, it encourages me that I have a way to give that fits with the circumstances of my world today. You know, I believe that, and, and if you got our email or any of our communications over this weekend, we talked a little bit about tools, how we have tools of our day to do the work of God. You know, it's that, that kind of phrasing that the method may change. But the purpose doesn't, the message doesn't, the main thing stays the same, but the way that main thing is accomplished may change. And so this morning, I want to encourage you that if you're making an adjustment and logging into our website, into Tithely and giving electronically for the first time, it's an adjustment. It's, it's using a tool of the day to do something that Jesus said to do. And it's giving. Here, the other thing I wanted to point out this morning is, well, obviously, and this has been preached, but the poor widow giving of what she had. You know, it's, it's not the amount. It's, it's not that I gave so much and, you know, look at, look at how much I gave. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about the heart. And this woman's heart was that she loved God and was willing to give all that she had to him. And so this morning, my encouragement to you as you prepare to tithe, give an offering or a special gift is what is God pulling on you to give? What is he asking you to give? Are you willing to let go of anything in your storehouse in worship of God. Well, this morning, um, as we begin to tithe and give our offerings, I want to give you here just a minute. I'm, I'm going to pray. But uh, if you're giving online, I want you to have the time to go on and do that and get back to our live stream. So I'm just giving everybody a second if you want to go and do that. And if not, I'm going to begin praying here as we get our hearts set right, that God, I give you what I have. It's, it's all yours anyways. You're the one who gives the increase, gives the blessing, gives the supply. And because it's yours, you've got access to it. And so this morning, I, I pray that all of you out there watching would be led in what to give. And if you're stepping out and trying electronic giving for the first time, then I believe that it will go well for you and you'll enjoy it because it's a tool of our day. And praise the Lord, it's a good thing to be up to date with the day we're living in. And so this morning, I'm going to pray and just ask the Lord to bless you and bless your gift that much good would come out of it. Father, we thank you for those that are giving this morning. For those that say, Lord, it's, it's yours anyways. You're the supplier. You're the provider. And so this morning, I open up my house. I open up my store. And I say, take, Lord, what it is you want from me this morning. I give with a heart of love and worship to you, God. You're so great and so worthy, not only of the fruit of my lips, but also the fruit of my hands, my produce, my work, the grain, the, the money, Lord. 
You're worthy of it. And so this morning I give with a heart of love, a heart of worship. And I say, Jesus, you are worthy of this gift. We pray that. And Lord, we pray that you would bless this offering. Bless the people. Not because they're giving, but because they love you. Bless the people and bless their gift, Lord. I pray that as money comes in to your kingdom, it would be used effectively for the building of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we don't have to wait for a, a play to pass or anything this morning. We get to go right in. And so this morning, I'm excited to bring you part four of our series that we've been on, I Am the Instrument. If you've been with us this far, you'll know what we've been talking about. If not, I'm going to give you just a, a couple summary points to catch you up to where we're at currently in the series. Uh, the first week, we began talking about how we are the instruments of God. And we said, you know, when I say instrument, you might be picturing some of what's here behind me. But really, the term instrument can be used to describe any tool that's used for a good work. It could also be, you know, a vessel used to carry something. And over these last couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the things that we are all made instruments, tools, vessels for the kingdom of God to do. We also talked um, early on in the series about how we're not in the kingdom because of our usefulness. Uh, we went over to Timothy, and in Timothy, he talks about how there are vessels in a house used for uh, honor and some for dishonor, some of gold, some of silver. But the point is, all the vessels were in the house. Their effectiveness, their usefulness, their cleanness wasn't the qualifier to get them in the house. They were in the house because they had been purchased by the master. Praise the Lord, we've been purchased by our master. We've been purchased by our king, by the blood of Jesus. We're already in the house. And so as we talk through this series, as we're talking about these good works that we as instruments have been created and purposed for, we're not talking about getting yourself into heaven by good works or qualifying yourself to enter God's family and his kingdom. Instead, we're talking about our effectiveness, our usefulness for Jesus Christ and building his kingdom. We talked the last couple weeks specifically about how we are not only created for unique and specific works, like me as Isaac Wangler, I'm created to do things that Isaac Wangler was supposed to do, and you as someone else were created for things that only you were supposed to do. And so we have unique callings, unique creating purposes, but we also have common ones, and that's what we've talked about these last couple weeks. We talked about because we're all the instruments of God, um, we're all created to carry the Holy Spirit. We're all created to be an instrument of worship. We're all created to be instruments of righteousness, revealing what righteousness really is, what it means to be in relationship with Jesus and taking that into the world to be a light. Uh, we're all supposed to be instruments of discernment, kind of knowing good from evil, right from wrong, spirit and, and world. We're supposed to be able to discern things as we grow as Christians and grow in effectiveness. And we're supposed to be carriers of the word, every single one of us. You know, it, it's not just people that go to Bible college or grow up in church or spend lots of time reading their Bible. I mean, everybody is supposed to be a carrier of the word. And so if you don't know your word, get in it and get to know it. You're supposed to carry it, but to carry it, you got to have it in you. All right. And we've been made new in Christ. We have Christ in us and we have the Holy Spirit who will re reveal all things and teach us all things and bring those things to our remembrance. But we have to be willing to, to look at the information in order to understand it and in order to be reminded of it and in order to be taught about it. So I encourage you, and, and we're going to get to that a little bit today as well, in your unique calling that we need the word in our life and we're supposed to be those who carry it with us. You know, we look at our Bibles, like I've got my Bible here this morning, and, and you know, the words are contained on the inside, but it's got this nice leather cover on the outside. This, this cover carries the word that's inside of it, and just like that, you and me 
are supposed to carry the word that Jesus came as, what Jesus spoke to us, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. We're supposed to carry that with us into the world and be instruments that bring the word to the world. Amen. And so that pretty much catches you up to where we're at in this series. Now in week four, in the fourth part of this series, I am the instrument. What I hope to speak to you about today, a couple things. First of all, I want to talk to you about the specific call of God. I want to show you some places in scripture where we see that we were created for specific, unique callings, unique purposes. And so we're going to talk about the specific call. And then second, um, I want us to talk about aspects of sensing God's calling. We could say of hearing God's call in our life. Okay. I think that's a topic for me, I can say it hits very close to home. You know, I grew up in church. I heard of, about the Spirit speaking. I heard about the calling of God. I, I, I knew these things my whole life. But there was a time for me where I really struggled with this. And so this is a topic that's very personal and very close to home for me. Hearing the call of God, sensing God's voice, listening to Him, and stepping into His perfect plan for your life. I know we all want to be in God's perfect plan for our life. Amen. And so today I want us to dive into that and look at how you know, we talk through some general things that we can all say are part of God's plan, but what does God's specific plan for me look like? I want us to get into that today. Does that sound good to anybody that's watching online or any of our media team that was gracious enough to be here early this morning with us to help us do service? Hallelujah. We're so thankful for a great team of people in our church. And as we're going to Romans 12 verse 4, we're not going to have prompts on the screen, so I'll give you time to turn there this morning. Romans 12 verse 4. Get your Bible out. Get ready to take some notes. We're doing church this morning. Amen. We're so grateful for our church family. As you're turning there, I want to just say, you guys have been amazing. Your response to this different, weird time that we're going through has been so awesome. Everybody is just, you're, you're, you're on point. You're living in faith and wisdom. You're, I don't sense fear in our church family at all. Amen. I think, I think we are taking this thing head on and we're doing a great work for the kingdom of God. And so thank you, church family, for stepping up and being God's answer for this time. Let's go to Romans 12, verse 4, and look at our individual calling. Individual calling. Romans 12, 4 says this, For as we have many members in one body. You know, we're talking about the body of Christ, our church body. We have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. You know, we can, we can draw ob the obvious physical illustration of this. I've got one body here. And I've got eyes that have a specific function. I've got hands that have a function. I've got legs that have a function. I've got a mouth that has a function. Different parts, same body, different functions. You know, my whole body is supposed to be here to do God's work on the earth for today. My, my whole body, I believe, is supposed to enter in and worship my king. My whole body was created to bring God glory but different parts of my body have specific things that they were created to do. And just like that, you and me have specific things we were created to do for God. You know, in Romans 12, it goes on after verse 4, and it starts talking about the motivational gifts. There are seven of those. They are perceiving, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling or leading, and mercy. Very different gifts. Designed for very different purposes. And God knew that the world was going to need a, a plethora of different people, of different personalities, of different abilities, of, of different strengths and weaknesses so that the, his purpose could be accomplished on the earth. If he just had like six billion Isaac Wanglers running around the world, it wouldn't be good. 
and we wouldn't get that much done for the kingdom because we'd all be the same. We'd be missing out the other gifts, the, the, the things I'm weak in. There'd be nothing there if it was just a bunch of me's. And so praise God, he brings diversity. Praise God, he brings in. I, I know my, my grandma, Pastor Becky, gave a, a message like a month or two ago at Women of Life called the perfect blend. God has the perfect blend of gifts, abilities, talents, and personalities for each body, for his body on the earth. And so praise the Lord, he has unique functions, unique calls for each one of us. It's very clear, I believe, from this example and another one we're going to look at here in a second. If you want to start turning, it's John 15, 16, where we're going to go next. I think it's very clear, as I look at the word, and I even look at the people around me, I see that God created us for unique functions, for unique calls, for unique good works in life. Amen. And so in that uniqueness, it's a glorious thing. You know, I, I think I read through a, a, a verse like Romans 12 uh, through that chapter, and, and I think, okay, this is great. You know, I, I've said a couple times in this series, I'm a list person. I like it when you can just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do, exactly what I'm supposed to know, and then I can just do it. To me, that's like the easiest thing. And so I read a list like, like this in Romans 12 where he lists seven things, and he says, okay, here are seven different motivational gifts. Here, here are seven things that are going to affect how you, how you relate to people, how you react and act. And I think, that's great, but what about the other questions I have? Okay, maybe I see, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit of like this leader thing. Maybe I've got a little bit of this other one going on in me. Maybe I'm a teacher. Maybe I'm a servant. Maybe I'm a little bit mercy. <laughs> but I think, what about my job? What about the person I'm supposed to marry? How many, how many kids am I supposed to have? Where am I supposed to live? What, what kind of car am I supposed to drive? I mean, like we have all these other questions, I think, about life. And I, I think because we love God and we want to pursue his perfect will for us, we ask these questions like, God, what am I supposed to do? And then we go reading in the Bible and it's like, well, you know, I see this list of seven different motivational giftings, but where's the list of jobs? And God's saying, Isaac, that one's for you. You know, where, where's the list of, 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 am I supposed to go here for school or go here for school? Am I supposed to have this group of friends or this group of friends? Am I supposed to invite these people over or these people over? Like, we have these decisions in life. And we look for the answer, I believe, in the Word because we know the Word contains the answers. But I think sometimes we want the list, but instead God wants to lead. And so Romans, or I'm sorry, John 15, 16, where we're going next... I want to give you one more verse showing this unique calling on each person, and then we're going to dive into um, the calling and, and being led by the Spirit. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the, fa the Father in my name, he will give you. He says, I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. We could say so that you would go and do good works. We could say this too. I, I chose you. I appointed you. I called you into this role so that you could go out and do what I purposed you when I created you to do. And so I read that and I think, you know, we, we could take that and just say, okay, well, 12 disciples, they must have all been chosen and appointed or called to go and do the same thing. 
But then I, I think about the history of the 12 disciples and, and what they went on to do. Um, if you follow up with the disciples after Jesus ascended back up to heaven, it says that um, they went and did different things. They went and did different things. Um, there were some that were missionaries. They went out to different countries, Syria, what's Russia today, uh, up into Europe. I mean, they went to all these different places, another to India. Um, missionaries, some stayed in Jerusalem and built the church right there at home. Different callings, different unique ministries. Some wrote books. Others, they, they were primarily verbal preachers after Jesus left. Some prophesied about the age to come and others didn't. So he says, I chose you and I, I appointed you. I called you. But he called them to different things. So even as I look at the 12 disciples, what I see is that they all had different calls. They had some things in common. They were all carrying the Holy Spirit. They were all worshiping the Lord. They were all righteous and discerning and full of the word. Just like we talked about, we're all supposed to be those things. But what they specifically went out and did, what God had purposed and created all of them to go and do, was different. Praise the Lord. We have different calls, different purposes that God gave us. And so as I look at the Bible, as I read scriptures like Romans 12 and I read John 15 here, I see it's very obvious that we're called to do different things. After this... In John 15, if you continue reading in that chapter, what you would see next in the text is that Jesus warns them about adversity. He says, hey, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be persecution, there will be difficult things that come as you go out and bear this fruit for me. And then, right after that, he goes into telling them about the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that, and the reason I'm stressing this point, is the Holy Spirit is essential for a believer to find their call. It is essential for a believer to be led into the perfect full plan that God created them for. And so today, one of the primary focuses of, of this sermon is listening for the Holy Spirit, being led and directed by the Holy Spirit to an individual call. You know, I think actually, if we go on to John uh, 16, 13, we're going to see that the word does contain every answer. You know, I told you earlier about the list thing. Where, where's my list that says, here are the options. And then, you know, Jesus can just direct me. The Holy Spirit can just direct me and say, that's, that one's yours. You know, like open up the Bible, put my finger down and there it is. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to be, right? That, that's not the answer that God gives us. Instead, we have John 16, 13. What does it say? However, when he, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is, is getting the guidance from God who created you. He is getting specific direction straight from the creator saying, this is the plan. Or this is the purpose. And, and this is the plan to get them there. And so we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, we have something better even than a list somewhere where we can just slap our finger down and say, that must be it. We have the Holy Spirit who actively speaks to us to lead and guide us into God's perfect call for our life, into the exact thing that we are supposed to, created to, and meant to do. 
The Holy Spirit guides us based on the Lord's purpose. If we go to Proverbs 19, verse 21, we're going to see a little bit more about how this process works. Proverbs 19, 21, it says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's Spirit, I'm sorry, the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. We've been saying that before. We've read this scripture a couple of of our previous sermons in this series. You may make plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. We plan things out. We make decisions about what's coming next. What's our next step in our career? What's our next step in our family? What's our next step in our life? We make plans, but the Lord's purpose prevails among believers who are filled with the Spirit because they are led to know what the purpose is. And so as we make plans, our part is to be led. Our part is to hear the call of God into his purpose for our life. You know, we, we still make plans. All right. I, I, you know, I've, I've experienced this one too myself where I just wanted God to like drop in my lap the five-step plan to get to the next stage. You know, it's like, God, just tell me what, what am I supposed, where's the end Like, what's the end, and what is the route to get there? And it's like, God, just just drop me the map with the X and the path marked out. Well, that's not how being led by the Spirit works. Many times, what I've found is that rather than just getting the map dropped in my lap, saying, here's the X and here's the path there, what I get is the next step. I get a, a, a turn left or a turn right. Keep going or back it up. Rather than getting the whole plan all at once, what I've experienced is is I get the next step. And so rather than getting the entire route there, we may just be getting the next step. But when we're faithful to take one step, God, it will always be faithful to give us another in the path to his perfect purpose. Amen. And so we are pursuing purpose. We are planning for purpose. And I believe that as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he is faithful to guide us there. Just as Jesus is is talking, he goes on here in verse 16. Actually, you know what's interesting about John 15 is the chapter before John 14, that chapter, John 15, and chapter 16 of John are all talking about the Holy Spirit. And it's because it's such a priority that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and being led by Him as we go out to fulfill the call God has appointed us to. You know, I've been talking a little bit about some of my experiences, and and it just, like I said, this is a topic that hits very close to home for me. It's something, you know, I, I had a lot of prayer time with God about over the years, and before I got it, I was in that position of wanting, you know, the whole plan or or wanting to turn somewhere in the Bible and just see it all at once. You know, I wrote kind of down what I used to think, like I was remembering back to it the other day when I was preparing. And I mean, like what I was looking for was was a scripture that would have sounded like this. Okay, this this isn't a Bible verse, I promise. All right. But but I was looking for something, a verse in the word that would have sounded like this. Isaac needs to go to Ramah after school, then volunteer with the prayer department, and then in second year, he'll learn a lesson about promotion and pride, then he'll go to third year and go to the school of pastoral ministry, then he'll move back to Iowa, then he'll begin working as a youth pastor, and like so on and so forth. And that's like what I was looking for. I was looking for the, in the word, the verse that says, Isaac, here's the plan. And you know what? I didn't find that verse. 
I didn't ever find a verse that said, here is the whole plan all laid out for you all at once. And you know what I found as, as I was praying about this message and this point specifically and what I'm looking for, the, as I look for answers and I look for God's leading, what I found is, is my problem, God revealed it to me now after the fact, right? What I saw is that what I really wanted was the whole plan so that I wouldn't be relying on the Holy Spirit anymore. What I saw is I wanted to get the whole thing all at once so that I wouldn't have to continue pressing in and continue listening for the next step. I wanted to be able to just get the whole thing and say, okay, I'll be back when I get there. <laughs> but that's not the kind of life God wants for you and I as his child and as his disciple. He wants us to be in continual fellowship, continual conversation and prayer with him and always listening to the leading of his Holy Spirit. So I'm thankful now that I didn't find the verse that said, here's the whole plan, Isaac. Because if I would have, I probably would have stopped listening. And I, I believe that part of our life in Christ, part of our life as a believer, is a, a constant dependency on God. A constant dependency on the Holy Spirit. You know, I think maybe we're even more aware of that with, with like sin and, and being redeemed and made righteous. It's like, well, you know... I, his mercy is new every day. Praise the Lord. His grace is new for me. Even though I, I got saved years ago and I've messed up since then, I'm still saved because His grace wasn't a one-time thing. I'm constantly dependent and constantly reliant on Him. But that's true for us being led and for us stepping into calling and finding a, a purpose as well. We have a constant dependency. And I think sometimes this is, this is an issue for us because of the way, you know, maybe we get jobs and, and we hear culture and society around us talking about this. It's like, well, I'm going to go to school to become this and that's it. Like our end is what, what we're going to become someday. And I think God's perspective of our calling and our purpose is different than that. It's not just a someday I'm going to have you do this and that's the end of it. You know, then you'll do that for 40 years and then you'll retire someday. I don't believe that that's the way it works with God. I believe God's purpose for us is something that we're continuing to be promoted in and continuing to step up in and continuing to be used for new things, not only so that his purpose is accomplished, but so that we grow as people as well. Hallelujah. It's not a one-stop thing. It's not a one-time, once and done. It's a continual process over the course of our life on earth. Hallelujah. And so God has a purpose for you that he is going to reveal through the Holy Spirit over time. You know, I, I, I had this example, and we're not going to turn there this morning. You can read afterwards if you want, but in Judges 6, Judges 6, Gideon is being called to go and defeat God's enemies. And what we find is that Gideon is like having this doubt in himself. He's questioning, is this really God? Is this, is, am I really being led and spoken to about God's call for me? Am I really supposed to be the guy that does this? And what he does is he says, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this fleece down. I'm going to put this fleece down. And, and if, if this is legit, if this is really your plan for me, I want you to make it wet while the ground is dry. And then he flips it around the other way and he says, okay, well, you did that, God, but, but I, I want to really be sure. And so now what I want, God, is, is I want you to make the ground wet, but keep that fleece dry. And sometimes we get into fleece moments where, where we are being led. And we're going to talk about the sound of God's voice here as we uh, continue today. We're going to talk about the sound of God's voice. I think sometimes we want the sound to be louder. 
You know, that's something I've, I've found myself saying before. As, I, as I'm like being led and listening for God's leading and his calling into what is next during seasons of change in my life, I have found myself before actually saying and identifying this. I say, you know what? I, I believe I know what God is telling me. I just want his voice to be louder. I, I just, I want it louder right now. But here's the thing, the faithfulness of God and the surety of his call does not depend on the loudness of his voice. How loud the call is does not, it does not determine how accurate it is. And so what I've found myself doing at times is like Gideon, wanting God to be louder and wanting him to be more clear. And we're going to look at um, three different sounds of God's call. And I think sometimes we want the biggest and most dramatic and loudest call of God before we'll step into that next purpose and next plan that he has for us. But I believe many times he speaks to us in a way that is not so loud. He doesn't always give us an audible voice or, or the word of prophecy by the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we don't always get this big dramatic leading or calling into what's next. Many times it, it comes as something soft and, and something that we have to be able to pick up and hear. And, and you know, the way we get better at doing that is by doing it. And I remember wanting to be led by God and wanting to hear him when I was much younger. And, and it was kind of a scary thing because I just didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to get it wrong. And so many times I would, I would just do nothing. I, I would just stay where I'm at because I, I feel like, well, I don't want to miss God. So I better not step out and end up doing the wrong thing. Well, let me tell you something. If your heart is one that you want to hear God and you want to be led by God and you're willing to step out when he gives you direction, that is something that he can bless. And I believe even if you did step out and get it wrong, that's going to help you know when it's not the voice of God. How do you get to know somebody's voice? By becoming familiar with it. By spending time listening to it and following it. And so, you know, I get to know voices. I, I get to know where things are coming from when I react to me hearing them. And so when I hear something on the inside and I follow it, and then it doesn't work out and, and I have to step back and I say, okay, that, that was not God's voice. It actually, in, in a sense, it helps me because now I know that's not the voice. I get more familiar with what God does sound like having, you know, maybe made a mistake and, and done something that he didn't sound like. And so I want to encourage you this morning, when you are sensing God's call on the inside of you, and we're going to talk about these sounds, these, these uh, voices of, of God and, and what the calling sounds like, I encourage you, step out. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And so we don't have to be afraid to step out. I know that God's grace will go with us when we step out. And you know what? If you step out in some way, believing that you're following a calling, and it's clear to you that it was wrong... There is nothing wrong with humbly stepping back and saying, okay, God, I missed it that time. Show me what's next. I believe as we step out and we pursue the purpose of God, he will be faithful to, to well, we're going to recognize his voice. And then we're going to be able to follow him even better than before. Amen. So let's go on now. I do have a little, uh, little object lesson today. Um, you know, we're, we're doing online service, so I felt like doing something kind of fun would be nice. And I wanted, to get, I wanted to get, like, the actual objects and do this. 
But it's really difficult to find tuning forks on short notice in, in Jefferson, Iowa, believe it or not. I couldn't, couldn't find tuning forks. So what I did is I went on and I printed off um, a couple of pictures for you. And so what I have here are two um, examples of tuning forks. And so I'll show um, both of you, YouTube and Facebook, what these look like, okay? And so I have a picture of a very large tuning fork, and I have a picture of a very small tuning fork. One, this one on Facebook, you can see he's holding it with his whole hand. I mean, it's huge. And then this other one, which we're going to see, well, let's switch on you can see it's it's very different the the tiny one he's just holding with a couple fingers and it looks much smaller this large one I mean he's got the whole hand and I mean it's huge it's probably the size of his arm very different tuning forks thank you Sean and so these two different tuning forks what I want to say about them is they make very different sounds these different tuning forks are made for different pitches and, and they call out to the instrument in a, in a different way what a tuning fork does is you you I mean, this is probably a crude way to explain it, but you bang it on something and it starts dinging. And it makes this ring, this, this note reverberates from it. And that happens based on how, how thick and how long and how big these forks that stick out are. And when you, you bang it on something and it starts dinging, it is always going to play the exact same note, the exact same frequency. It is a consistent call. But there's variance in the calls. One tuning fork may make the note of an A, like a really low A, and it's going to sound like ding, but a really tiny one with little forks, you might hit that and it could, I, I'm not going to do the whole falsetto like up, up in a girl's range kind of thing, but it's going to make a really high pitch frequency. It's going to sound very different. And so there's these two forks that are used to tune instruments. Do you see where we're going with this? These forks are used to tune instruments, and just like there, there are these variations of calling out, of tuning in for instruments with these tuning forks, I believe that the Holy Spirit is adaptable enough that He can call out our specific tune. He can call us into tune with Him. We as His instruments are called into perfect uh, alignment with His will for us. And so the Holy Spirit is like that tuning fork where, where He is your perfect pitch. The Holy Spirit calls you perfectly into tune with Him. And there's the Holy Spirit knows my frequency and He calls me right in. He, he knows Sean who's over there on the couch. He knows His frequency and He calls him right in. You at home, He knows your specific frequency as His instrument and He is calling you into tune with Him. And praise the Lord that he knows our individual calls. It's not just one note, one frequency that we're all called into, but like these tuning forks with instruments, we are all called into perfect pitch, into perfect frequency with God's will for our life. And when these tuning forks sound, what it requires on the part of the instrument is an adjustment. All right, so the tuning fork sounds, it plays this perfect pitch, and, what, and then the instrument plays, and what happens is the instrument realizes either I am right in tune with this call, or something doesn't sound right. Something is a little bit off here. You know, I'm, I'm just a little bit flat, or I'm a little bit sharp. I need to adjust myself so that I'm perfectly in tune with the call of God. God's call, what He is calling out to you with, His Spirit speaking to you and through you, it is a perfectly in tune call, because God doesn't get it wrong. 
Amen. But sometimes I'm out of tune. And so what I have to do is make adjustments to my life so that I am in perfect harmony, that my wavelength, my wavelength matches up with the wavelength of that call of the Holy Spirit. And so let me talk to you now about a few of these calls of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, I, I do want to say this first if we go to Hebrews 3. Verses 14 and 15, and as you turn there, Hebrews 3, 14 and 15, I'm going to read you one other, other scripture, and if you need to go back later and get this, you can. It's Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So it's through the spirit that God guides our steps. It's through our spirit of man. You know, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, and it's our spirit that God speaks to. And so part of hearing that tune of God is being aware of our spirit. You know, we, we can be so aware of our feelings of, of what, you know, ow, my hand hurts. That's, that's something we're very aware of. We're very body conscious sometimes. And so we're very aware when our flesh is saying something. <clears throat> we can get very soul conscious sometimes. Oh, I'm feeling something. I'm thinking something. Well, just like we, we sense things in our physical and sense things in, in our mental, we have senses in our spirit. And that's what we're going to look at today is how when we become alive in Christ, our spirit becomes alive and it becomes sensitive once again to God's speaking to you. Hebrews 3, 14 and 15, once we're born again, we are made alive in spirit to God's spirit. And it's, it's uh, through that spirit that I receive guidance. It's through my spirit that I will be guided and I will hear him. Hebrews 3, 14 and 15 says, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. I get a couple things when I read Hebrews 3 here. The first thing is this. I have faith and I have trust and confidence in God when I first believe. You know, if, if I don't have that faith and trust in God when I first believe, well, then I'm not really saved because it, it's, it's in confessing and believing Him in my heart to be my Lord and Savior. That's how I get saved. Well, what I see here is, is don't give up on that. Hold on firmly to your trust and belief in Christ all the way through the end of this life on earth. We need trust in Him. We need faith in Him to accomplish His good works for us today. And it pairs that by saying today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. What I get there is, is I had a faith in Christ and in what he said. I had a faith in what we're going to see in a moment as the inward witness in my spirit when I became made alive again to him. Don't lose faith in that witness. Don't harden your heart to not listen when the spirit speaks to your spirit. Stay in that place like you were when you first believed. Where he speaks and you listen. He speaks and I respond. I don't question it. You know, when I got saved and, and I sensed in my spirit, I got that inward confirmation, that inward witness. Let me know I'm, I'm, I'm saved. He is my Lord and my Savior now. I didn't question it. You know, I, I believe the enemy, he started bringing doubts at times. He'd say, well, are you really? Did, what did you have to pray it again? You know, in my mind, I might have had different doubts or different thoughts, but in my spirit, I knew I was saved. And because I put my faith in that inward witness of the Holy Spirit, I had confidence. And just like we find confidence in knowing that we're saved, we ought to find confidence in the leading of the Spirit, in the inward witness directing us in life. 
We shouldn't question it. Through the end of, of our time on earth, as we run this race, like Paul wrote, we ought to stay confident, stay in faith in the inward witness and the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Amen. And so let's look at the sounds of tuning. The inward witness in Romans 8, 14 through 16 is where we're going to head. I'll give you a second to turn there. Romans 8, 14. I did have another point about, you know, that hardness of our hearts and continuing to trust the Spirit. Um, you know, as I was just thinking about this, even this morning I was getting ready and, and I thought, you know, what voices, what physical voices have I hardened my heart to before? You know, we, we, we probably have a lot of families listening to this together this morning. And, I mean, let's just be real. There are times where certain members of the family might harden their, their listening skills to the voice of someone else in the family. Whether that's a sibling or, or it's a kid with their parent. Like, like, hey, have you cleaned your room? Have you cleaned? Like, how many times do you have to say it, right? That's, that's a hardness. It's saying, you know what? I'm not listening. <laughs> and so my, my encouragement in that way, in, in taking what we read here in Hebrews 3 is, don't let the Holy Spirit, don't let your perception of the Holy Spirit speaking to you become a nag in your life. Don't, don't harden your, your listening to the Spirit to the point where instead of it being the voice and leading of God, it's like a nag. I never want to get to that place. And, and I've been there before, but... Lord, I never want to go there again where, where I'm hardened to your leading. I want to be sensitive and responsive to what the Spirit is leading me to do and leading me to say and, and leading me to plan. Amen. I don't want to look at the... And, and see, that's the thing that's all on us. It says don't harden your heart, which means you make the decision to harden it or soften it to that voice. If I'm hardening my heart, I'm looking at the Holy Spirit like a nag. It's like, oh... God is trying to tell me this again. Oh, I feel like I'm supposed to do this again. Well, maybe soften up a little bit. Maybe listen a little bit. And I believe that when we respond to the Holy Spirit, we are going to have our confidence in that voice built. We're going to become even more responsive to it the more times we choose to respond. And so Romans 8, 14, told you we were going there. This is the first sound of tuning that I'm talking about, like we're talking about these, you know, these forks that call out and, and bring us into tune with the Spirit's call for our life. Romans 8, 14, it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cried out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is what I was talking about just a moment ago. Moment ago, Do you remember that, that first time you got saved and, and you accepted Jesus into your heart and you just like you knew. You knew in your spirit. It, it wasn't even like a mind thing. It wasn't like a physical thing. I mean, you weren't, you weren't feeling on the outside or, or maybe you were. I mean, I think sometimes our, our physical can respond to what's going on spiritually. But it, more than any other sense, you had a sense in your spirit, what we would call the inward witness, that what the Holy Spirit had done in you was bearing witness in your spirit. See, this is, this is where our spirit is the means. Once it's made alive to Christ, the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, and that's how we recognize and know it. You know, if I, if I didn't have a mind, I wouldn't understand things. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to react to things. I, I wouldn't sense things. You know, if I, if I didn't have ears... 
I wouldn't react when people talk. I wouldn't react to music because I wouldn't be able to sense it. Well, when our spirit is dead before we become alive in Christ, we don't sense what the spirit is saying. Our spirit man and him being alive and him being strong is how we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so the more, more time we, we spend, you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago about discernment, or maybe it was last week even, about discernment. The more we get used to discerning things of the world and things of the Spirit, the more we begin to discern what the Spirit is saying. Well, the more my spirit man is going to be built up, the more familiar I'm going to be with his voice, and, and the easier it's going to be to respond and react when he's speaking to me. And so I believe that our spirit, the spirit of us as a three-part being, hears the Spirit of God speaking. And in this way, it says the Spirit bears witness. We're going to talk about the Spirit speaking, a voice, but this is bearing witness. And there is a distinction. I'm, I'm going to show you in the next uh, verse we're going to read where he's talking about the Spirit speaking. This says the Spirit bears witness. That doesn't mean you're, you're getting words on the inside. It doesn't mean you're hearing a voice. It means that you have a knowing, you, you, you have a witness where uh, a way to describe it would be like, uh, you know, a, a green light, a go ahead. It's, it's that peace that maybe you've heard talked about how, you know, I felt a peace about it. I knew that it was right. Yeah, that's that's the inward witness. That's what we get when we become saved is an inward witness a knowing that it's right, that it's done, that it's complete. And so we get this in other ways too. And, and I would even go so far as to say this is the most common way that we're going to be led by the Spirit is by the inward witness. This is the most common way that you're going to hear them. And you know how earlier I was talking about, you know, I was, I was hearing something small, but I wanted something really loud. I, I was hearing something quiet, but I wanted something loud and clear and, and you know, huge. Well, the inward witness isn't going to be the large dramatic like sign it's it's not going to be the writing in the sky that gives you your decision it's not going to be flipping open the bible putting your finger on a page and and finding your answer the inward witness is a knowing and we as christians if we're going to be led into the perfect call of god for our life we have to be willing to trust and have a confidence in our inward witness and you know what as we learn that as, as we get to know the voice like we might miss it from time to time. What I want you to know is that's okay. You, you, you should want to pursue God's perfect plan for you. But if your heart is in that place where you're pursuing God's perfect plan and perfect will for your life, you're pursuing that calling, and you, you maybe misstep, you hear wrong, and you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. And God is, is going to give you the grace to reestablish you and get you to your calling. You know, I, I don't think God needs people who are absolutely perfect in their hearing. He needs people who are willing to hear and respond. And so this morning, I encourage you, listen and respond. Amen. Inward witness is the first sound of God's tuning. The second is the inward voice. In Romans 9, verse 1, we're, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says this, I am telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so what we've been saying as we look through this tuning process is it's the Holy Spirit witnessing or speaking to our spirit. Us, as, as a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, 
speaking to our spirit. We're, we're sensing it. We're hearing it through our spirit man. Okay? So Romans 9.1, it says, My conscience testifies with me, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. This conscience is our spirit. Renewed in Christ, like ours is, we are going to, we are going to be, um, what does it say, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. That means my spirit, man, now that I'm alive once again, I'm instructed, I, I, I hear what the Holy Spirit speaks in my spirit, man. And so we talked about the witness, kind of just that leading, that peace, that green light to go, or, or it can be a caution to the witness can. It can say, this is wrong. It doesn't feel right. I, I just, you know, I know that I'm not supposed to do it. That, both of those are the inward witness prompting you and leading you. This is an inward voice. It is enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. It, it, is, it is knowing something. It, this can be, uh, most often, I would say this is where I hear it in my spirit. You know, I, I get words. This happens to me a lot, actually, while I preach. You know, I'll be ministering and I'll be preaching. And all of a sudden, like, I just stop. And I hear something in my spirit. It's like I get, I get a phrase. I, I get an example. I get an illustration. And it's not my mind. Like I can, I can tell it's coming from a different place. It's the inward voice. It's the spirit saying, you need, you need to say this. This is going to be what helps. You respond this way. This is the inward voice of the spirit. Because our spirit has been affected and been renewed by the Holy Spirit, it is in line with God. And so that voice on the inside of us, the voice of our spirit, because our spirit has been made righteous and renewed in Christ by the Holy Spirit, it is going to be in line with the word, in line with God and what he's speaking, in line with what Jesus said. Titus 3 verse 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit renewed our spirit when we received Christ. And because our spirit has been renewed, the inward voice of our spirit is going to be in line with God. Amen. Because our spirit's been renewed, it's aligned. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. I'm going to give you two other scriptures to reference this. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Well, for me to be joined to the Lord and of one spirit, my spirit has to be saying the same thing. And so our spirit, uh, when it becomes new in Christ and we become aware of it, it's going to be speaking and, and, and in line with God's plan. And so where it comes into play for us, how, how we get used to hearing this and we tune ourselves to God's call for us with this is we have to be discerning of what is spirit and what is mind and what is body. What is, what is my flesh saying? What is my mind, will, and emotion saying? And what is my spirit man saying? And being willing to go with what the spirit says and not with what my other senses say. And that can be kind of the, the learning curve to hearing the call of God is I have to be able to suppress these other voices, these other tones or noises that I could tune into and be willing to step away from those and just tune into um, the noise of, of the Holy Spirit, tune into the, the calling of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, even as I say that, I kind of, well, I'm, I'm experiencing the inward voice as I was speaking that out. I just, what I was hearing is how difficult is it to tune an instrument when there is a ton of other noise going on. It's a difficult thing to do. If, if I were to play one of those tuning forks and you had this pitch that you were supposed to lock on to, 
But you heard we had TVs with the news going here and, and we had music about, you know, like relationships or about all the depression and sorrow that we're going through over here. And we have coronavirus over here and we have uh, kids screaming over here and we haven't read our Bible in a week since I was in church last Sunday, and so I'm, I'm not tuned in to the Word and the voice of God at all, well, it's going to be really difficult to get an accurate tune of my instrument because I'm so distracted by all of these other noises. And so when we are trying to tune ourselves into the call of God, when we're trying to listen to the inward voice and, and the inward witness and even the voice of the Spirit, we need to listen to the Spirit and we need to suppress the other noises. Because hearing the call of God, you know, it's, it's referred to many times as a still, small voice. And that's because it, our spirit doesn't have a loud, booming voice. And we live in a world full of a lot of loud, booming sounds. There's a lot of noise in our world. And, and if we're going to be sensitive and stay in tune with God's call for our life, we have to be willing to get away from the other noise and listen and I think, I think listening is, is such a priority for us to be led by the Spirit. Is, is, and I'm not just saying like, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I want, I'm living my life, and if I hear something, then I'll stop and I'll do something with that. But like making time to really listen, to be intentional and listen. Maybe, maybe this, you know, change we're going through right now is a great time for that. You know, I know my schedule's been crazy, but maybe this is, is a time where we just need to stop listening to everything else and start listening to the call of God and begin to tune ourselves into that call. I believe as we do that, we're going to see ourselves coming into line more and more with God's perfect plan for us, perfect will and perfect call for our life. Amen. Let's look at our last, um, I was going to give you again 2 Timothy 1.7 for, for that, the voice of the Spirit um, and how our spirit's been made alive. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. That's because God doesn't have a spirit of fear. He has a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So we get the same thing. When our spirit gets renewed in Christ, we get rid of that spirit of fear, and we take up that spirit of power, love, and sound mind. That's one of the things that's been so encouraging to me this last week, talking to you, our church family, and church body, is I feel like we've got that spirit of power, love, and sound mind. I'm not sensing a spirit of fear, and I'm glad for it. You know, if the world's scared, that makes sense. They've still got that old spirit of fear, but we don't. And so we can persevere and be that hope to the world. Amen. Let's look at the last sound that we are, are called with. That is the voice of the Spirit. Now, this is the voice, this is the sound that I was like looking for for you know, all these years. I, this is what I wanted to hear. This is what I wanted to experience. This, this sometimes, many times, I believe is going to be the big, you know, what we would call maybe the dramatic, kind of the, the fleece moment. It, Acts 10, 19, while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. See, this is different than what we've been reading about in relation to our spirit. This isn't the Holy Spirit talking to um, Peter's spirit man, where, where his spirit man is sensing and hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying or, or witnessing to him. This is different. This is the Spirit speaking out in a way where Peter actually is hearing this. 
Some other examples I'll give you um, of, of the voice of the Spirit would be like Matthew 10, 20. says, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Um, that actually, that's, this example, I had it in the wrong section on my notes. I'm sorry about that. That would be the inward voice. Where he says in Matthew 10, For it's not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father who speaks in you. That's when on the inside, you are hearing the Spirit speak, and then you're speaking it out. It's, it's not God like grabbing your tongue and making you say something that you're not saying. It's His Spirit speaking on the inside. You're hearing it, and then you're translating, basically, or, or you know, communicating what you heard on the inside uh, verbally. So you're taking something you hear in the Spirit and making something heard physically. Um, 1 Corinthians 12.8 is another example I wanted to share here. It says, uh, "For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. In verse 9 and 10, uh, it talks about prophecy, tongues, interpretation. And so this, the, the Spirit of God, you know, it, it is the voice of the Spirit speaking to someone else's Spirit, and then they're speaking it out. That, that's like the process. And so I wanted to touch on these subjects, you know, Matthew 10, 20, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, how these are, well, gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit leading you and giving you the words to say. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, when it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, um, it, it's discussing how the Spirit is going to give you these words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He's going to uh, give you prophecy, tongues, interpretation as gifts. And all of these things, um, He's going to speak to your spirit, man. You're, you're going to sense them and know them in your spirit. And then we are his instrument to speak them out into the world. And, and the voice of the spirit, as we read about in Acts 10, 19, is different. Another place you could read about the voice of the spirit is, I think it's in 2 Samuel. or maybe No, I think it's 1 Samuel because it's, it's when God is speaking to Samuel. In 1 Samuel, uh, God calls out to him in the night. And he says, Samuel, and he wakes up and then he runs over to his master and he says, hey, master, did you call me? And he does this three times. Well, that was the voice of God calling out to Samuel. That's the voice of the spirit. And so the spirit speaks in a physical voice sometimes, but more often than not, how you're going to hear the Holy Spirit is by an inward witness or by an inward voice. And so it's very important that we get our spirits in tune with God and we're listening. We're putting that other noise out because many times God's leading and his calling and his direction for you is going to come as an inward voice or an inward witness. And for us to hear that witness, to be led by it or to hear the voice, to hear those words he would speak, we have to quiet the distractions and be in tune to what God is wanting to say. So I believe that uh, as, as we as we hear the Lord, as we hear the Spirit in our heart, we will be led into our call. We will be tuned into our call, but it takes us being willing to suppress the other noise. It really does. We have to suppress that other noise, the physical, the soulful. We have to suppress it so that we can be sensitive to the sound of the Spirit, to the tune of the Spirit. You know, I, I for many years, this is what I was talking about earlier, I, I wanted to hear the voice of God, or, or I wanted it to come as a gift of the Spirit through someone else, where, you know, someone else was hearing the Spirit say something about me, and then they could just pass it on, and like, that was going to be like my fleece. And that, that's really the problem. I think that's probably the reason that it didn't ever come that way for me, is I didn't want to hear God for myself. I wanted to be told what to do, either by a verse in the Word or by a, a, a prophetic word from someone else. 
Here's the deal. We have a better covenant in the New Testament where we don't have to rely on a prophet giving us a word from the spirit. If we let our spirit be alive to God and we train it to be sensitive and hear him, we can be led ourselves. Our spirit will hear what the spirit speaks. It will hear how the the spirit witnesses to us. And we can be led and directed in life without having to, well, always have a word of prophecy or or to have a a verse in the Bible that's going to say, you know, Isaac is supposed to do this. The Holy Spirit is is so personal and and so specific. You know, I believe that one of the amazing things and and why why Christianity and the message of, of the gospel was able to go out into the world is that people have the Holy Spirit to lead them. They don't have to stay attached to to one person who hears from God because God wants to speak to all of us as individuals. We're all his children and he wants to have communication with all of us. And all it takes for us to do that is to let our spirit, which is now made alive, be sensitive and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If he speaks to you in a physical voice, if you hear him talking, you better listen to that too. Amen. Well, uh, this morning, I just want to end with this note, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. If you want to turn there, we'll read this together. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 21. And to, to summarize what we just spoke about in the three sounds of tuning, we have the inward witness, which is that inward knowing. We have the, the inward voice, which is the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit. And then we have the voice of the spirit, which is a physical, like, you, you hear him. All right, and so these are, these are the three ways we see in the Word that the Spirit speaks, that the Spirit calls out. And so as we pursue calling, as we pursue God's purpose, and we make plans around that purpose, I believe that many times what we're going to find is the Spirit is speaking to us, calling us into tune by the inward witness and the inward voice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 19 through 21 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast to what is good. You know, this encouragement in 1 Thessalonians 5 is don't quench the Spirit. You know, listen when He's speaking. Even, even it says in the gift of prophecy, you know, when you get a prophetic word about something, don't despise it, but He says test it. The word of the Spirit, the witness of the Spirit, the voice of the Spirit will always line up with the word of God. Because God is not dual-minded. He doesn't think one thing one day and something else another day. He is of the same mind. Our God is consistent. And so our spirit, what we hear in our spirit from the Holy Spirit is always going to be in line with the Word. What we hear from, from a true gift of the Holy Spirit, maybe speaking a prophetic word or a tongue and interpretation from someone else or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, those are always going to line up with what's in the Bible. Okay, but... The great news about this is we can test it because we're carriers of the Word. We're going to know in our heart when something isn't of the Spirit when we have the Word in us. And so as we get to know the Word even greater, the Holy Spirit, the real Holy Spirit, is going to bring that Word to our remembrance. He will validate what is being said and what is going on in our spirit with the Word. And so if we get you know, a thought that isn't, of the word, it doesn't line up with the word. Well, it's probably because it was in your mind and not in your spirit. And you know what? We hear things in our mind. I mean, we're going to get thoughts, we're going to get feelings, we're, we're going to get physical things even that don't line up with the word of God. 
but our spirit, because it's alive and it is, we read the scripture earlier, of one mind in Christ, or of one spirit in Christ, it's always going to line up with God. And so our spirit, in line with God, is how we can be tuned into our calling. Amen. Is anybody excited about being tuned into their calling today? You know, I, I want to just encourage you again, all of this, you know, we're talking about hearing the Holy Spirit. Having the Word is a priority because that is how we, we test and, and, and we ensure that it is of that one mind and of that one Spirit um, of, of God. And so we need the Word. We need to be sensitive. We need to quiet those other voices. You know, I just wrote down a couple of things here. Sounds to turn off. And maybe this week this is something we can put into practice. Things to turn off. You know, mental things, physical things we can turn off while we are listening for the tune and the call of the Holy Spirit. Um, turn off the doubt. Turn off the doubts of your mind. Turn off the fear. We've not been given the spirit of fear. Turn off the fear. Turn off the doubt. Sometimes it's even going to take turning off that personal ambition, wanting to do what I do so that I can be, you know, something. Turning that off. Turning off busyness. I think these are all things that we can build up in our mind. That They can be desires maybe of the flesh or, or hindrances in that way. Well, they are not part of what's going on in our spirit. And so if these are noises that are, are affecting you and part of your life right now, I encourage you, this week, let's turn them off. Let's turn off those distracting sounds and tune ourselves in. Tune our spirit in to the Holy Spirit, to the inward witness, to the inward voice that we could be sensitive to that, know what it's speaking and, and witnessing us to, and be led into our calling. Amen. Do you agree with that? Well, if you would, let's pray and, and close out service this way today. Um, you know, I, I just, I was getting this impression as I was preparing for today. It's time to get in tune. It's time to get in tune with what the Spirit is speaking to our spirit. It's time to get in tune with that. So I want to start with this. I know we have a, a, a lot of people viewing online. Obviously, this video is out there for anybody to watch. And so I just want to start by saying this. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit is not alive and of one spirit with him, which means your inward witness, your inward voice, it's not hearing the Holy Spirit because it's not alive and conjoined to the Holy Spirit. You're not, you're not going to have the leading and direction that we have because we're in Christ and he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so if you want to receive that, the gift of the Holy Spirit, if, if you want your spirit to come in line with God's spirit, if you want to be made alive unto Christ, redeemed and, and righteous once again, if you want to spend heaven with him or eternity in heaven with him, then I want to invite you right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you would like to do that, then what I want you to do is close your eyes and pray this with me. And anybody else who is out there listening right now, if you just want to reaffirm this, and, and maybe this is, well, it's not going to be your first time confessing it if you're already in Christ, but just confess it again and, and reaffirm this belief within yourself. Let's just say this together. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus, your one and only Son, to die on the cross, to take my sins, to redeem me, to restore me, to make me righteous. Lord, I believe you washed my sins away. You paid the price for my sin and shortcoming. And I believe that I am righteous in Christ. I am now a child of God. I believe that in Jesus' name, I am redeemed. 
I am a son, an inheritor, and I will spend eternity with you in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit to change me, to wake up my spirit, make it alive, and speak to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then second, what I want to do is this. Um, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if your spirit is alive in the Spirit of God, and you're ready to, to seek out more in depth, to tune in more specifically to the unique call that God has for your life, and you want to hear that inward witness, hear that inward voice, then I just want you to pray this with me. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give me the witness. Give me the voice. Speak to me. I make my spirit sensitive right now. I listen. I want to hear what you have to say, what you have to lead, what you have to witness. God, I let go of other noises, of other distractions. I quiet my flesh. I quiet my body. I quiet the world around me. I quiet my soul my mind, will, and emotions. I want to hear your Holy Spirit. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit and come into tune with the call you have for my life. Help me, Lord, to know the unique things, the unique purposes which I was created for. I'm listening. I'm receptive. I'm sensitive to your leading, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you all so much for watching and joining us this morning on our first uh, social distancing live stream service. We're so glad you joined us. I hope you are all doing well. If you have any kind of care need or prayer need, please reach out to our church office this week, 515-386-8347. I would love to talk with you and pray with you about anything you may need. If you haven't been um, contacted by a digital small group leader yet, and you are wanting that time of connection through this weird time of social distancing, we want to keep you connected. We want to keep you engaged in your church. So reach out to us if you haven't heard from anybody yet. We want to get you plugged into a digital small group where you can be in communication, be in conversation, be connected to your church family. We love you guys. We're so glad you joined us. Be the church. Be a lot. Be a blessing. And be blessed.